Welcome to the From Better Half to Boss podcast. I'm Tavia Redburn, and on this show, I share how I retired my husband from his nine to five with my birth photography business, all while homeschooling my three kids. If you have a passion, there is a reason. It's because you were made to follow that passion. It's your time to go from better half to boss. Hello and welcome to episode 12, The Future of Birth Photography with COVID-19 and Ask Me Anything. So here's the deal. When it comes to creating episodes for this show, I can sit around and guess what topics you need help with or what questions you might have. But when I do these weekly Ask Me Anything sessions on Facebook Live, I get to hear exactly what you're going through right now and offer support. So if I'm being honest, um, when I go live on Facebook, I still get a little nervous going live, even though I've been doing it for years. But whenever that countdown pops up and it says three, two, one, live, my heart skips a little beat. (laughs) But the thing is, you've told me how valuable the coaching sessions are and how much value you get from the interaction and getting your questions answered. So Even if I'm not 100% comfortable with going live, I'm going to keep doing it and keep showing up to support you. So my question is, what uncomfortable thing are you resisting in your business? Something you know you should be doing to show up and serve your audience, but you're not doing it because it's new or awkward or uncomfortable for you. Maybe you know that you should show up live for your audience, or maybe start an email list, or finally post your model call, or put your work up for critique, or hire a coach, but those things feel so uncomfortable. Well, my friend, this is your little nudge and reminder that change happens outside of your comfort zone. Before we get into today's episode, I want to mention the review of the week, which is from Mom of Four Do Now. (laughs) which is really great. Like I'm dying to know if she had her baby. Her screen name is Mama 4 Do Now. (laughs) Mama 4 Do Now said, this is exactly what I needed to hear. Tavia is such an inspiration. She motivates me to do better. I love her story in hearing how she was able to build her business while raising her kids, not to mention retiring her husband. I've been slowly building my business. Some days it seems so hard to do. I need this kind of motivation in my life. I can't wait to hear what she talks about next. Thank you, Mama Four, for this review. And I want to remind you, slow is okay. It really is. There was a lot of slow growth in my business when I had babies and toddlers. And hey, you have four kids, maybe more, (laughs) based on your screen name. And I only have three. So just keep showing up the best you can. Keep rolling that tiny snowball down the mountain. And eventually it's going to take off and roll on its own. So in this edition of Ask Me Anything, we're talking about client workflows in HoneyBook, and HoneyBook is my client management software. We talked all about that in the episode, like 10 things I did to get to 10K months or something like that. It was a few episodes back. We talked a lot about HoneyBook. So today in this Ask Me Anything, we're going to talk about client workflows in HoneyBook, current information on birth photography and COVID-19, tips for photographing home births, and more. So let's get into the episode. 
Hey guys, welcome, welcome. My name is Tavia Redburn. I am a birth and newborn photographer in Oklahoma City, and I help birth photographers grow their photography skills, become certified, and get fully booked so that they can go full-time in their business and have more time and financial freedom. So today I'm going to answer your questions, and I'm going to do it in less than 30 minutes is my goal, hopefully less than 20, because um, if I'm showing up every week, I want to make these like manageable for you guys so that you're not like, oh yeah, I need to go watch that. Oh yeah, like you can sit down, digest it, and be done. So <clears throat> we're just going to dive right in. So Brooke asked, what is your exact HoneyBook workflow? I know it's all through HoneyBook, but what does it look like exactly? So here is my HoneyBook workflow step-by-step, step, starting with the inquiry. Inquiry, follow-up, perfect. Follow-up, two, follow up three, meeting. So the meeting is if like we're scheduling a birth consultation or something like that. Then they go to proposal sent. So a proposal is the contract and the invoice together sent as a proposal. So the proposal sent is here. Then it comes down here to proposal signed, retainer paid, and then start workflow. Start workflow is inside HoneyBook. We have like client workflows that we do based on if they're newborn only or birth only or birth and newborn. So we have like a, and also based on their due date and things like that, we have that all set up um, inside of the HoneyBook workflows. So basically like if you're a student in from no bookings to fully booked, you have access to all of these emails and everything. So you can go back and see exactly how we do that. Um, so, but for those of you who are not, basically my intent with the workflow is just, I want to maintain contact with my clients from when they pay me money and book me <laughs> to whenever I shoot their birth. Like, I don't want them to pay me a bunch of money and every email they get from me is like a payment reminder email. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be able to, like, just touch base with them and just say like, hey, how's your pregnancy going? Um, and we have like a few things that we just check in. So just if you're writing these, just think like, okay, if I were a mom and I booked a photographer when I was 12 weeks and I'm not going to see her until I go into delivery or at the next birth consultation, like what kind of information would be helpful? Like what kind of touch points would I like to receive from that photographer? Um, we send them blog posts that we've written in the past that we find are helpful. Um, we just like kind of just like affirm their decision in hiring us for birth photography, if that makes sense. And we're not emailing them like every week. I think it's a total of maybe like five or six emails, depending on how far along they are in their pregnancy when they book. So if you guys have questions about that, let me know. But that's what this start workflow section is. Planning is basically just like from the point of booking to haven't shot their birth yet. <laughs> so they're just in the planning phase. Record notes is there for Ivory. Um, those of you who don't know Ivory, she's my freaking amazing uh, assistant. And I record notes in as we go just to sort of like, there's stuff that lives in my brain that does not live in her brain. So I go into record notes and just like add stuff in there so that she knows like, oh, hey, Tavia has a personal relationship with this client, or this is a repeat client for Tavia, or this is the baby's name, or they're not finding out the sex of the baby, like different things like that. Then it moves to the session is complete, the order is paid and received. So this is generally speaking for birth and newborn clients. We send a final survey after they've received their order and every like their USB, their digital files, their albums, prints, canvas, anything that they've ordered. Um, after they've received that and paid in full, they get a final survey. 
and we just ask them like basically how their experience was, get testimonials. We ask for a Google review at that time. And then the final step is a blog post survey. So we actually send a questionnaire to our clients to write up a blog post for them. So we ask them details about like, how did you find out you were pregnant? Who did you tell first? How did you tell them? What was something unique about your pregnancy? Like questions like that. And we ask those in that blog post survey. And then Ivory being the amazing wizard that she is, takes that information and crafts it into a blog post that more than just that client and that client's mom are gonna wanna read. Like something that's interesting and makes you um, feel like you know the family, that kind of a thing. So that is literally from beginning to end our HoneyBook workflow. We have had this set up for quite a while, and I will say we are currently transitioning into using Asana for client workflows because as my business has grown and I've brought in team members, um, I need to I need to just have, we have like Stephanie shooting births and Stephanie shoots maternity for me now, and I have Ivory in there and all that stuff, so we're actually switching over to Asana, which is like a task management program to have it be a little bit more detailed. But this is what I am currently using and have used for years. So hopefully that helps, Brooke. Okay, Shirley said, how would you recommend easing people into birth photography again after COVID-19? Do you think this will affect birth photography in the long run? What strategies have you put in place to keep people interested in birth photography? Okay, so every area in the United States and the world um, is different right now. Like whether they're on the decline of cases or maybe they're kind of seeing an uptick in cases, like everybody's different. But right now in my business, we're marketing and selling and advertising as usual. So when people contact us, we just have the extra step of explaining what will happen to the money that they've paid if we're not into, allowed into the hospitals again. So right now here in Oklahoma City, we are allowed to have two visitors, which can be partner and photographer, partner and doula. It cannot be partner doula photographer. So right now we're allowed two visitors here in Oklahoma City. Um, but I'm still going over with my clients, like what happens if they change it back? You just never know. And I want to really take this time to over communicate to my clients what to expect, talk about all the what ifs. And I've always done that with birth photography because it is so um, up in the air. And there's so many unknowns just in general with birth, but even more so now for those delivering in the hospital, there's even more things unknown. So I just make sure to really, really over communicate to my clients what's going to happen if. I am unable to photograph their birth in the hospital. So part of Shirley's question said, what strategies have you put into place to keep people interested in birth photography? And my answer is the exact same strategies we always use every day, every week, every month to book clients. So Shirley is one of my students, so she knows this, but you have to be seen seven times before someone will hire you, especially if you're a higher end photographer. So how are you gonna be seen seven times? How are you gonna be seen seven times, COVID or not COVID? What's your marketing strategy? That's how people are gonna hear about you. Consistency, your website, SEO, Facebook, Instagram. And you guys, this is not like new to you guys. You guys are like, I know that, like I know that these are things I need to be doing. So consistency is the key there like vendor connections, email marketing, client referrals. All of those are ways that you can show up and be seen by your ideal client 
COVID or no COVID. The only difference between COVID and no COVID is the facts of what's happening in your area today and over communicating that with your clients, like what's going to happen if I'm not allowed in. Okay. Here's in general what I have to say about this, because I know that there's still a lot of fear and uncertainty. Um, and I, and I shouldn't say still, like, are we still doing this? <laughs> I mean, I kind of feel that way, but like, there are still things of course happening in the world. So here's what I want to say about like birth photography and COVID. Um, COVID and the hospital restrictions are scaring a lot of birth photographers off, you guys. And hospital birth photography isn't going anywhere as long as moms still want it. And there are a lot of moms who still want it. So what does that mean? Thank you, guys. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you, Bev. So what does that mean? It means if you keep showing up, keep offering your services, you stay consistent, there's a huge opportunity here for you right now to become known as the birth photographer in your area because the ones that are less serious are falling off the ones that are like oh this is hard are gonna stop and find something else like in my opinion you never have to really worry about market saturation and i talk about that a lot like there's a lot of ways that you can stand out but you really don't have to right now because so many birth photographers are jumping ship so when the dust settles who is left who is left in the dust settles? The people who stick it up, the people who keep marketing, the people who consistently continue to show up. And that is a huge, huge advantage. So I hope that helps, Shirley. I hope that helps some of you. Let me know if you have any other questions. Okay, Courtney said, is it essential to have education or training in shooting birth before your first birth? Should I invest money in the best equipment before even seeing how what I have will already perform. So let's break this down into her two questions. First, she wants to know, is it essential to have education or training in shooting a birth before your first birth? I do think it's really important that you have some kind of general knowledge of birth, how birth works, um, general, like basic knowledge of birth, dilation, gestation, um, like how normal birth looks and general like interventions and how that looks. So I do think that's important, which you can get from just reading like a birth education book. I can't think of one off the top of my head. All the birthy people in the comments can probably recommend one. There's just like general information of understanding birth. And I do think that that's important. Obviously, it's going to be really hard for you to get experience photographing birth when you've never photographed a birth. And I would never tell you that you have to have experience photographing a birth before you can photograph one, because how would you get that experience? Right. Um, so I think like understanding your camera inside and out is really important and understanding birth is really important. Um, I have a YouTube channel that has like free tips for like new birth photographers that you can go check out on YouTube. It's um, the beauty and birth by Tavia Redburn on YouTube. There's several videos there that might help you. But to your question of should I invest money in the best equipment before even seeing how I, what, what you already have is going to work? I would say no. And there's a couple of reasons. I shot, and I, you guys that have followed me for a while know this, but I shot with a Canon Rebel for years in my business, birth and otherwise. Um, were my photos grainy? Yes. <laughs> were, did I have some limitations? Yes. But I got experience with the gear that I had. Like you don't have to have the newest, latest and greatest best to photograph birth. You just have to know how to use the gear properly that you already have. So hopefully that helps. 
Courtney, let me know if you have um, any follow-up questions. Okay, Catherine wants to know, tips for photographing home birth versus hospital birth. She has her very first one coming up any day and she's heard the atmosphere is much different and more sensitive, so things to do or not to do. Okay, first of all, yay, <laughs> your first home birth. Um, yes, you're right, the atmosphere at home is really different than a hospital birth, for sure. So I thought about this a little bit earlier, and I think that my top three things that come to mind when I think about differences in home birth versus hospital birth, first of all, obviously home birth has the tendency to be a lot darker. In a hospital room, you at least have lights that the staff will turn on when they come into the room. Um, at home, nine times out of 10, the um, midwife and assistant and doula will use like a small little flashlight. Like they don't turn on the big overhead lights. So generally speaking, especially if it's nighttime, it's going to be a lot darker. That's probably something you already knew. But I just want to point out to you that practicing with your camera, really um, either becoming proficient with your flash or learning to embrace the grain the best you can is going to be really important when it comes to photographing home birth and practicing at home in the dark. Like at nighttime, turn off most of the lights and just leave a couple of lights on and try to photograph things and see what challenges um, present themselves, like practice a little bit beforehand. The second thing is, and I, <laughs> one of my first births was a home birth and I was like so awkward because I felt like I needed to be in the room with the mom the whole time because I didn't want to miss anything. But at the same time, I didn't want to like disrespect her birth space and like be in there staring at her constantly. And it was a long birth. So what I learned from that experience and all the home births I photographed since then is I don't have to be in the same room as mom all the time. In fact, I tend to kind of like float around with the birth team. Um, like when they go in to check on mom, I'll go in there and take photos. I want to like pull back and allow her her space um, with her partner or whoever is there for labor support to not constantly like have somebody in their face. So I feel out the vibe of the situation. A lot of moms are different, but I learned from that home birth experience. I don't have to stay in the same room as her the entire time. The third thing is, you're right, it's quiet and intimate in a different way than hospital births. Like hospital births can be definitely intimate, but home births, like you're in their home. You're sitting on their couch. You're at their dining room table. Like it's just a different level um, of intimacy. And so like some things that I like to do are walk around the house with permission. Like I'm not just opening doors and without permission, but like photographing, you know, like the ultrasound on the fridge or like baby's nursery or her little um, like books that she has on her nightstand to prepare for labor. Like those kind of fun, homey, intimate details that you don't get at the hospital are things that I'm looking for. Um, and I'm just a little bit extra cautious of and like mindful of the fact that I'm in their home as far as like setting things on the ground and the noise that I'm making and who else is there and that kind of a thing. So the last question is from Millicent, who was being so sweet. She said, when is your next beauty and birth course opening? So since you asked, um, so I wasn't, I don't, I was unsure if I wanted to share this or not because it's not quite ready because this is the first time I've said anything about it publicly, which is always a little bit scary. I don't have all the details available to share yet, but basically we're going to combine both of our courses, the Beauty and Birth and From No Bookings to Fully Booked. I'm going to update them both and reopen enrollment with them 
combined in the late summer or early fall. So if you're already a student, I know you're, if you're already a student, you're like, wait, what? Um, if you're already a student in one or both, you're going to be getting more details from me in the next four to five weeks. So hang tight. Um, this is also going to be available to the public. So if you're not in either courses yet, um, and you want the info, you can go to the beautyandbirth.net slash waitlist and you'll get the info when it's released. Um, my hope and intent with all of this is to provide more support, like regular support, not only from me, but potentially other um, leaders and coaches and that kind of a thing so that like you can really get a well, like no matter where you're at in your business, you can get continued support regularly. And there's so many more things I want to share with you that are in my head that we're working on, like as far as that goes. But um, I just want it to be like your one-stop shop for birth photography information, like how to shoot the birth, how to handle clients, how to market, and maybe even like growing a team and getting a studio and that kind of a thing. So I don't have all those details worked out, but it's going to be like similar content to both that are already existing together in more of like a customized format so that you guys can say, okay, this is like where I'm at. I photograph four birds and I'm not really sure how to market, but I feel confident in this. Then I can give you a roadmap of like next steps to take really personalized to where you are. So that was like a little bit more than I wanted to share, but that's sort of what is in the work. So since Millicent asked if you guys want the info, if you're already a student at one of my courses, you're going to get the info before anybody else. Um, if you're not the beautyandbirth.net slash waitlist. So I'm really excited about it. I'm really, really excited about it. So thank you so much for joining me live. I am going to be back next week at the same time to answer your questions. Keep an eye on the Facebook page. I'll post another graphic that says like, ask me anything. And you're going to like the comments, the questions that you want to have answered. So if you scroll through there and you're like, yes, I want to hear the answers to that, like it. Because as we get more, we might have less time, that kind of a thing. And then the ones that are the most popular are the ones that will answer. So I'll see you next week. Same time. Have a great week. I hope that you found value or some nuggets of information or wisdom in that episode. And just a reminder, if you're enjoying the podcast, please hit subscribe wherever you're listening. And thank you so much for leaving the show a review on iTunes. I read each and every one and I feature one every single week on the show. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And my friend, remember, if you have a passion, it's not an accident. Not everyone loves photography or event planning or real estate or digital marketing or website design. Whatever your passion is, it's there for a reason. What are you going to do with that passion? Get out there and make it happen. Have a great week.